0: you have questions we have answers we're two southern moms on the backside of raising kids and we have some things to say we've lived life made mistakes and learned some lessons join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sprouls. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. Well, this is part five in our home series. So check out parts one through four if you haven't listened to them. We have had some great conversations.
1: Haven't we? I love this series. It's been really fun. I know. We're bringing back
0: homemaking. We're Mm -hmm. giving it a good PR dust up, polish off.
1: (laughs) That's good. Yeah.
0: So today we're going to talk about homemaking in light of our eternal home. The Apostle Peter writes in 2 Peter 3.13 that we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells according to his promise. And after Jesus told his disciples that he was leaving them, they got really upset and he comforted him with these words. I think it's worth just reading, Bonnie, if you want to like just read yeah, it to this is us. from
1: John 14. So he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms, if that were not so. Would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place that I'm going.
0: That's so good. So to set the stage for our discussion today about how our homes can reflect and anticipate our eternal home, we want to be clear. Jesus himself said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. To enjoy an eternal home on a renewed earth, we must trust and follow Jesus and surrender totally to him. And it's actually the, the best, most amazing surrender. It can be terrifying at times, <laughs> but he's so trustworthy when we uh, surrender. So let's just talk about a couple of more theological points before we get to our practical advice.
1: Ian K. Smith writes mm-hmm. at, from Crossway.org that Jesus was raised to earth. So we shouldn't confuse the resurrection and the ascension. We know that the grave of Joseph of Arimathea was empty. Jesus rose. After his resurrection, his body was transformed, but it was still the very same physical body that was laid in that tomb. So this resurrection is the first fruits of the general resurrection. We can see in 1 Corinthians 15. Our bodies are also going to be raised that in that same way that will allow us to live in the new heavens and the new earth. And we don't know all the details what this is going to look like, but we know that we shall be like him. Christianity is a resurrection religion.
0: Yeah, this is such amazing news to me. And put this on the list of things I did not understand until I was over 30. I, you know, was just living my life in my 20s, not really thinking about death or the future. (laughs) As many 20-year-olds are prone to do. And so um, it wasn't until our friend Lissy got really sick um, in her 30s, late Mm -hmm. 30s, that I really thought, hey, what do I really believe about that? And what does that verse even really mean? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, I... I'm not saying there weren't sermons about um a new heaven and a new earth and actual physical bodies and god is making all things new everything's not getting burned up in fire it's passing through a fire of refinement and the earth that he made in the beginning was very good and it will be very good again Mm. and so i didn't have all that straightened out in my head for a good long time and so it's just worth noting when we're talking about homemaking And that that we're made for a home that's actually going to be on a physical earth and there's going to be a physical heavens. And um, the other really cool thing to notice before we get started about how we do this day to day with our little people is that Jesus himself ascended to the heavens in that body to prepare a place for us. He makes the statement that his father's house has many rooms and he's making them ready for us so
1: so we can do that same thing we're supposed to be following him and following that example so we make the rooms of our homes a place of welcome for jesus and for others rosaria butterfield as we've said before puts it like this the gospel comes with a house key so we need to think about ways we can make our homes gospel centered
0: yeah and i leaned really heavily on focus on the family for resources to help me kind of think through this topic for our listeners um, these ideas a lot of them today are going to be taken from uh, the Q and A section of their website where a listener or reader whose childhood home was i guess i'd say a place of spiritual hypocrisy mm. not exactly warm and welcoming um just was like how do you do this yeah. their spouse kept saying like hey we need to make our home a place where christ is at the center and
1: yeah. We hear that from the pulpit quite a bit. Yeah. 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 How Christ do you do Centered it? home. That's and, right. she,
0: and she was like, uh, I don't really know.
1: Sounds great. Uh, I don't know what I'm what doing. What
0: you're talking about. So if that resonates with you, you're not alone. There are plenty of people who want to do things differently than what they experienced. And it's just worth noting that many times when people say they don't love Christianity, it's not the principles of following Jesus they dislike. It's how the people in their actual lives actually fell woefully short Of living out the standards of scripture, Mm -hmm. not because the standards are off. So, so how can our homes be focused on the gospel with an eye to the eternal? Because listen, there also needs to be an eye to the laundry and the dishes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there does. I know there's always that. That's true. So how can we do that? Yeah. So if our homes are reflecting our eternal home, then joy should be a characteristic
0: Number one, Right? It should be fun.
1: Having said this, it is important to understand that joy and happiness are not necessarily the same thing. Happiness is a result of what happens to us, but joy has deeper roots. Um, You can be joyful in suffering. Mm -hmm. You can be joyful Mm -hmm. even when bad things are happening to you. Every marriage and every family will experience trials and hardships of all kinds, but there is no circumstance that can rob us of our joy if we know that the key to our present welfare and future lies in Christ alone. So I feel like we had a pretty joyful home. We're we're pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Even when things that were bad were happening, I feel like, I don't know, you'd have to ask my children, but I feel like we tried to do a good job of, you know, this isn't the end. Mm-hmm. There's always something better to come.
0: Yes. We, we can work through this together. We felt like it was really important to... Um, Make home a place that all of us—not just our kids, but that David and I wanted to come back to—that mm-hmm. your people were there, mm-hmm. that they always had your back, that were always for you. Right. Um. And you can have that—that that really solid foundation of joy when you understand what we started off this podcast with. You know that, um, as um, one very wise Christian man put it that you're an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's universe. Mm-hmm. We don't cease to exist when we die. We, we either go to be with the Lord or we go to be away from him mm-hmm. forever. And so there's a lot of deep joy and peace that can come when you're reconciled to God through Christ. And you should be joyful. And I think when you're you, like the, the focus on the family questioner, experienced, when you experience a home that's not filled with joy, that's filled with rules and legalism or anger, it's really just someone who doesn't understand the gospel, um, that really hasn't appropriated the gospel truths, like the actual forgiveness of every actual sin (laughs) you've committed, that all the secret, ugly places in your heart are, are actually covered by Christ's goodness, um, that you're attached to him. I think that that some of that stems from just not understanding
1: or just being human. Like you mentioned when our friend got sick, it's really easy to go through something like that and think I'm going to seize every moment. You know, you realize how short life is, how precious it is and how could I possibly have gotten upset about the fact that somebody didn't take out the trash this morning. That's how so trivial, right? Yeah, And you vow Never again. Like I'll always, for the rest of my life, be focused on what is true and real and important, or whatever. And you do that for a good two days, maybe Mm -hmm. until the next time Mm -hmm. the next thing comes up, and you know you've short-circuited again. So sometimes I think it's just our humanity of we have to just keep getting reminded again and again and again.
0: We just do. I want to do a podcast with you about um, this thought about storing up treasures in heaven, and. And how we actually do that in our own lives. Uh, Trevin Wax wrote an article recently talking about the terrible time when, um, was it Stephen Curtis Chapman who lost his five-year-old daughter when his teenage son actually accidentally ran over her in the driveway? And so his point was that... um, it, it. Not in that moment did Stephen Curtis Chapman go. Okay, I have to get myself right with God sure. and, and and know right then and there that, um, like what kind of terms we were on, Gosh. together. He yeah. he. In that moment, um, when the, the worst possible thing happened, right to his family, he he not only saw his daughter who had been killed. He looked over, and his son was crumpled Shattered. up in a ball. Oh! And the uh, the passenger, which was the other son or another son, I don't know how many children he has, was leaned over him, trying to comfort him, like draped across him, and instantly, instinctively, he yelled out, "I love you!" And he said his name, and that was his gut reaction in that moment. Mm. And and so you you can't do that. Like you you can't do that kind of gut r- response. Um, if you haven't laid the foundation of the joy of the Lord being your strength, mm. um, you can't do that in that moment. Wow! So you're, when you're making your home a place of joy, you're actually equipping your children. You're giving them all the, the arsenal that they need when life crushes you mm-hmm. that um, you're yeah. not, will not come. destroyed. Sadness will come. Yes. All of those things.
1: Anxiety will come. All yes. of that is actually normal human experience it doesn't mean there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with you if you have any of those emotions or feelings right but underneath it all Mm -hmm. is like this buoy
0: yeah so if we're talking about making your home we're talking about home making here you know we are going to an eternal home where there is no sickness or crying or pain everything sad comes untrue as c.s lewis says but for right now Mm -hmm. our homes have to be outposts of joy a place where we're storing up treasures in heaven for our families Mm -hmm for each other. You know I love this second point here, Bonnie. <laughs> a Christian home is orderly. Now, I did not say a Christian home is super organized, but it is orderly. As the apostle Paul says, God is not the author of confusion but of peace. 1 Corinthians 14:33. So, in an important sense, uh, our Christian home is guided by Thoreau's famous dictum, simplify, simplify, simplify. It is purposely not in chaos. Hmm. The tyranny and bedlam of the world are required to stay outside. I feel this in every fiber of my being. Yeah. The members of the household regularly review everything that's allowed in. Should it stay? Marie Kondo that stuff. Does it spark joy? <laughs> What's it doing for you? Does it build up the family? Does it encourage people to value one another over things?
1: Right. Yeah. Uh it's interesting that you say orderly is different than being organized. Mm-hmm. And remember back to our temperament Mm -hmm. uh, podcasts where we talked about each person in your family has a different temperament. And if there is chaos that rains regularly, it can really crush the spirit of some members of your family. Some members might thrive in that, but some may not. And if your home is to be a welcoming, joyful place for everyone who's in the family, you have to consider that. You have to consider every person in the family
0: yeah, so the, this Two-year-old takes year old
1: to the 80 year old.
0: This takes intention, it takes forethought, and it takes some work. And what it's it, worth rem- remembering that work was something Adam was made to do before sin entered the world. So it was part of the very good earth before everything fell apart, and only after Adam's sin is our work cursed, which means it's made more difficult mm-hmm. in our homes and outside our homes. So what do we do? Well, I think at least one thing we do is try to make the work of keeping our homes a team effort.
1: Yeah. Please don't just leave it all to one person.
0: Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, and moms, yeah.
1: you run point on this. That's right. You do.
0: We've said it before. I'll just say it again briefly. You are the master of your home. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you to run the play that's going to create order, which means delegation.
1: That's right. You said run the play to create order. That does not mean that everything falls on you. No. That means that you involve everyone else.
0: When I felt overwhelmed, that was on me because I was not delegating as needed. And so, you know, we, and we divide and conquer. There's that, that whole uh, podcast, or was it a series we did on the shared work?
1: The fair play thing. The fair play.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, there's ways you and your husband can work this out and what you both feel is a fair distribution of work. And you sure want to be bringing your children along.
1: Yeah. Well, you said when you felt overwhelmed, it was on you. But I think sometimes you can delegate and your partner's not picking it up. That's
0: true. David, shout out to you because you would always do what we decided, except Mm -hmm. for that one time you paid our kids to do the laundry (laughs) and it was actually your job. (laughs) Whatever. But well, you know Yeah. You it, can
1: say, Hey kids, you need to do this and hey husband, mm-hmm. you're on board with this and we're all gonna negotiate this.
0: Yeah, that's true. He followed through. You
1: got to have
0: And not every woman enjoys that. A partnership and a team
1: teammate. Yes. Teammates plural who pick that up and help you with that. Which
0: fair play talks about that. How to Go do back it. and listen. We need to link to that episode mm-hmm. on here because it it means doing the job beginning to end. So you work through, okay, when I say I'm doing the dishes that means the counters are wiped down. Mm-hmm. Everything's not just rinsed. It's either in the dishwasher or it's on the drying rack. Does that mean it's put away? The two of you need to decide. Yeah. What does that look like? Do you mind coming in and seeing the towel draped over in the morning? Yeah. Wash the washed dishes? So it's worth discussing because every family different.
1: That's right. Everyone's got different negotiations. They do. Mm-hmm. So, and that includes the family schedule. I would no. say order, yeah. orderliness, um, <laughs> Gosh, definitely has an impact on family schedule, especially if you have older children that are having classes in school and after-school activities and things like that. Church, church activities. So, we know one family had this great big whiteboard or a great big chalkboard in your kitchen and your like command central, and you've just got it all out there. Everybody's mm-hmm. schedule is all together, so everyone can see it and everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great way to do it. Maybe you prefer to have it digitally, where everyone's sharing calendars. Yep. Um, just so everybody's on the same page, and so your kids know. On Wednesday, I'm responsible for getting my uniform to school Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I know I'm going to need it afterwards Mm -hmm. or my band instrument or whatever it Mm is. Um, Arranging a ride. All, gosh, the thousands and millions of things that you have to keep in your head to remember for a schedule. Um, To have it all in one place, maybe on a Sunday, everyone goes through it. Here's what you're going to need. Everyone good? Okay, break.
0: (laughs) I remember, I guess Emma was maybe about 12 when I started doing this. If there was a change in the schedule for an appointment that she had, I would made her call and reschedule. Now she knew what the options were for a good time, Mm -hmm. but the the office staff were perplexed and amazed that she could call and have a conversation with them. So it's, again, it's, you're always training. You're always training. And the way you run your home is your kid's going to think the entire world works that way. That's the default when you leave a When you leave a home, you think, "Oh, this is how the world works." Mm-hmm. So give them an orderly,
1: not normal yeah.
0: experience.
1: And depending on how you operate with school, I would add, especially in the older grades, you know those projects, those last-minute projects where you need the styrofoam balls, or you have, oh, oh, by the way, Monday, I need this many materials, or tomorrow, you're supposed to bring cupcakes to the PTA meeting. Well, that won't happen if you have order mm-hmm. in, a, in one place and everyone is responsible f- to put all their stuff on the calendar. True. It, it can't happen if everyone's required to do that. And if something gets less, left off, they deal with the consequences mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. It's not your emergency. It's somebody else's poor planning is yes. not your emergency.
0: I know. Say it again. <laughs>
1: all right. Number three, a christ center home should be marked by grace. Goodness gracious. If not home, where? Mm -hmm. Our homes should be a safe place to mess up Mm -hmm. because we're going to do it. Yep. Your kids are going to do it and you're going to do it. We need that ointment of grace applied to the wounds of our hearts. So our kids and us both need to remember that love, not perfection, is the goal. Yeah. So just know,
0: you know, we've told you moms, if you listen to us for a while, Bonnie and I were both good little perfectionists (laughs) and you got to let go of that and- figure out what the lie is that you're believing why everything has to be a particular way. You don't bring joy. You don't bring grace when the goal is perfection. Mm -hmm. So a good verse I kind of hung my hat on was um, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for human masters. It's the Lord you're serving. So I could, I could see everything I did as unto the Lord and that rechanneled the perfectionist impulse into, Oh no, I just want to be excellent for Jesus. And you know, sometimes excellent on any given day is not perfect most right. of the time, actually. <laughs> and there's going to be, uh,
1: there's going to be corrections and consequences. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean perfection. Right. <laughs> Some kids can interpret that. Oh, no, you expect me to be perfect because mm-hmm. I got in trouble mm-hmm. for X, Y, Z. Um, that is not the case. Right. You know, you're still, you're going to mess up and I'm going to love you anyway. And, mm-hmm. sorry, but we're not going out for two weeks because you, you really messed up here. You really yeah. crossed the line. That's- as a
0: reminder, we, Bonnie and I typically had one to two character traits we were working on with our kids issues. Mm-hmm. We were working on with our kids at any given time. That was the thing that got the consequence. Everything else kind of just got a, a quick correction and we moved on. And mm-hmm. as we saw mastery, we would you know replace what we were working on again. That takes about five minutes of intentionality to look at your child and Ask God, hey, show me what we really need to be doing here Yep, and move on. And that's not a lack of grace. That's that's actually training for righteousness in the midst of grace. So uh, one of the things they said (laughs) was that there's enough hostility, judgment, sarcasm, biting humor, and antagonism out in the world. So homes need to be a retreat where the hurting can find comfort, rest, and healing. Yes, yes, yes. But we both know that our families love to joke. Mm -hmm. so how did you find a balance between like good fun and joking and like not tipping over into sarcasm or antagonism
1: well I think after a while it got when it gets to be a norm and when it gets to be what you're characterized by and there's more of that than kindness or encouragement or cheerleading the other person then you kind of know you know we need to have a break from that for a while we need to talk a little nicer to everybody.
0: Yeah. We would just have breaks like and we can said certain words were off limits. Not because they were particularly <laughs> bad. They're just it's overused. Yeah. It's just overused right now. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna chill out. But we did love um to have like good fun joking with each other to, to know like, Hey, you're loved in spite of this quirk or that kind of thing. Yes. Um, but again, different personalities take this differently.
1: Yeah, they do. And if you find one child is not receiving that very well, you need to go back around Mm -hmm. and Hey, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. If if that's hurting your feelings, I'm, I'm just not going to say that anymore. You know, I love you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number four is a Christian home is a place of service. So it's an atmosphere tempered and flavored with acts of kindness, respect, humility, and love where husbands and wives discover that serving each other in Christ is the primary calling and that service to others in the outside world is built upon an attitude of selflessness at home and that all of life, including things like laundry and housekeeping and long mowing can be sacred. I had diaper changing. That's right. Can be sacred, uh-huh. is sacred.
1: I love that. So how did you encourage your kids to serve the family and other people?
0: Well, we we did family chores, and there there was not an allowance tied to those. There were other jobs you could take on Mm -hmm. to earn money, but we really wanted a sense of family identity in terms of we're all pulling in the same direction. This is God's house. We're in charge of it, so we're all going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. and so that changed through the years you know that went from helping sort the socks when they're two years old to helping put the silverware away to actually helping wash the dishes or my children would say wiping the floor dry (laughs) after mopping which they said was equivalent to servile yeah servanthood (laughs) okay child labor
1: apparently your children have never clipped between a chain link fence in the hot florida sun with a hand clipper thing oh the grass yeah (laughs) let me tell you about child (laughs) it's okay i've got great character because of it yeah so
0: that was one way but there's lots of ways you can do this we also tried to have um people in our home regularly yes yes and that's a that is such a great way hospitality um is such a great way to involve your whole family because it's it's about welcoming the guest in and everybody's attention is off themselves right. and our serving. Homes,
1: our homes are not just for us. Correct. That's a great message that your kids will get. Yes, and, it, and they
0: shouldn't just be for Christians. Mm-hmm. They should be for everyone. Everyone should be welcome. As Rosaria Butterfield says, the gospel comes with a house key. Mm-hmm. How is anyone gonna know um, Jesus in this day and age if they don't get one-on-one with people? How have they ever really, mm-hmm. if you don't get one-on-one with people? You know, yeah. it, it's, it's the way that you can share who God is and how that makes a difference in your life and why you do the things you do.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Number five, a Christ centered home is a place where the spiritual disciplines are practiced. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> what a spiritual discipline. Come here, child. <laughs> Just for your own good. No, a spiritual discipline is, uh, if you're not familiar with Richard Foster's book on the spiritual disciplines, uh-huh. um, how many are there? Like, there's twelve. Twelve, okay. And there's
0: they're in categories. Okay, three categories, which I think are just really helpful to just throw out there for the moms because, um, likely, if you are like me, and i probably like you, Bonnie, like I didn't get taught these growing up. Like, here's the disciplines that we want to do, um, and here's why. So I did not know that there were inward disciplines, outward disciplines, corporate disciplines. Uh, we did prayer, fasting. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think I did fasting. We did prayer and study. We didn't do meditation and fasting. Those are the four inward disciplines. So I got two out of four from my childhood.
1: <laughs> okay, I did fasting and prayer from mine. Okay. Not the meditation nor study. Okay. So that's interesting. Huh. Um, so yeah, you don't, Do you, does every person have to do all of them? Well, you're not looking at it in this legalistic rule following checklist sort of thing. So no, you don't have to, but it's for your benefit if you at least try. Yeah, because if you think of meditation as listening,
0: um, kids are real good at that. You can just like sit around for five minutes and just listen to the Lord Mm -hmm. and see if if anybody gets a thought they want to share. Like that's actually really doable. Um, in terms of outward disciplines, these are like inward realities that result in outward lifestyles. Um, Foster says there's simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. Love the four S's there. It makes it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, moms, what mom doesn't want a little solitude? That's
1: solitude. <laughs> so what I was zeroing in <laughs> on too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is airing right after Mother's Day. And you're like, oh, had enough of family for now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know that we did any of these. Well, we did practice solitude. We would, do, we would like separate mm-hmm. and have the kids
0: room time. Yeah, let's just quiet have time. some quiet time to mm-hmm. yourself.
1: Learn how to be okay being alone. Mm-hmm. Learn how to okay, okay with that. Um, and submission, I suppose we did because we were teaching obedience. We wanted submission yes. of their heart. So I yes. suppose we did that.
0: And then service, we just said, you know, like you're yeah, serving others that. when you have them in, or we tried to be out in the community mm-hmm. also serving. Um, simplicity, I think every American family could press into
1: yeah uh, what do d- we need? what do we not need? Yes,
0: to simplify our lives. and then the corporate disciplines um, which for the introverts in the room, you know, we're not necessarily so into confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. well, we've already said several times um, in our recent podcast that confession of sin, confession of shortcomings mm-hmm. to one another that needs to be happening in your home.
1: That's a regular thing if you're apologizing at all that's Absolutely. part of the greatly.
0: It makes, you're clear in the air. Mm-hmm. Here's it's super important.
1: Not just I'm sorry, but I'm sorry because this is the mm-hmm. thing that I did. Okay, that's clear. Please confession. forgive me. What can I do to make it right? Mm-hmm. Checking out
0: our forgiveness podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Worship, you're going to services together. Yeah.
0: Or you're, or you're just jamming out in the car. Yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And um, guidance and celebration. So just if you're interested in those and learning more, check out his book, Celebration of Discipline, uh, Richard Foster. It's really worth thinking about how you can do those in your home that could be so cool mm-hmm. to Especially do more like
1: elementary and above it's mm-hmm. I, I really get into that as a as a study if you're if you're trapped or strapped on thinking about what we're going to do for a family devotional maybe we just do one of these mm-hmm. a week see how that goes
0: yeah all right number six a christian home is based on god's purposes for every member of the household so it's a place where the family's goals are founded upon God's values and where the corporate vision of the future is consistent with his plan. They suggest developing a family mission statement to create a Christ-centered home. I think this is cool. I don't think we called ours a mission statement. It was the verse I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. is working for the Lord, not for human masters. It's the Lord God you are serving. You guys had a different verse that was kind of your controlling verse. We did. verse. It upstairs? Was, it was one you had on your bathroom. how can yeah. a young
1: man keep his way pure 20. whatever whatever things are holy and pure and noble and and all of that think yeah. on these things things
0: on think on these things mm-hmm. so you that was your controlling verse I think it's so cool God just kind of based on your gifting and your husband's gifting or what you really want for your family
1: mm-hmm. pick a verse yeah and then if you want to do a mission statement it doesn't have to be some big corporate sort of thing but you just get together with your kids hey what are we what are we about and get some words. Just some Mm -hmm. word brainstorming and add those in this family. We dot, dot, dot.
0: David took a palette, had a pallet broken apart into a thing on the wall. And it was really like we all picked out words that were some inside jokes just for our family, but also things we were just about. Yeah. And that was on the wall for a lot of years in our home.
1: Things that represent you. And that's Mm -hmm. just such a great little talisman up there to remind. (laughs) Yeah. I Mm -hmm. love that idea. So what other ways? We're talking about spiritual gift inventories that you could mm-hmm. do for your kids, temperament assessments, knowing your kids. Um, this is how you know what God's purposes for them might be. Yeah. I, you know,
0: I think it was, is it in Peter that says husbands um, deal with your wives in an understanding way? It's talking about knowing mm. your wife, like knowing your particular wife. I think we also must know our children. hmm and fathers are forbidden to exasperate their children. And a sure way to exasperate your child is not understand them.
1: <laughs> or try to make them into what you want. Correct or all your you, past the, mistakes yeah. through
0: this child of yours. They're do not, not do that. They
1: are not for your gratification either. No. They're not for your pleasure even necessarily. You know, if they give something back to you, great. But that's not the guarantee. That's not why we have children.
0: No. And in my unofficial, unscientific survey of life i i generally see god giving you children different than you Mm -hmm. you don't get a lot of similarities and so god does that on purpose (laughs) he puts us in families there's no out Mm -hmm. and we we must deal with one another as we are
1: right and appreciate Mm -hmm. all the differences that's right that's right so
0: ask like what inspires your child what gets them all jazzed up? What inspires you? What gets you all jazzed up? Mm-hmm. Those are hints of God's purposes he has in store for you. I have several friends who are passionate about orphans and they do a lot of work in the foster care world in mm-hmm. lots of different ways and involve their children. And, um, and so figure that out. Ask God, if you're not sure, just ask him to show you. You think he doesn't want to tell you. Mm-hmm. He totally wants to show you.
1: Right. Um, Okay, then I have another one, too. Yeah. Okay, number seven, our Christian home is temporary. So if mm. our homes are reflecting our eternal home, the one that we have now is not where it ends. It's temporary. So it's not where we're going to store up our treasures. No, none of it's really ours in the beginning, and none of it goes with us. We can't take it, any of it with us. So let that inform your perspective on stuff and its relative importance in your life.
0: You know, I, I didn't think about this at all, Bonnie. But I think you you got this. You moved a whole bunch, didn't you, when Growing you were up, a kid?
1: Yeah, we did.
0: So but, you have a different sense of home and what it is, probably.
1: Um, I suppose it was more about the people, yeah, than things. Yeah, and there were some things that went with us, some things that still that inherited and things like that that are that are special. But after having lost some parents and all of my grandparents and everything, I realized that the stuff. You know, if someone walks in my home and they just love something, I am quite likely to just give it to you on the <laughs> spot because it really doesn't mean that much to me. And if I can bring joy to somebody else, have it. Take mm. it. I'm happy for you to have it because it's not about stuff. It's a temporary. Our homes are temporary. And it's, it's great stewardship. I know in America, it's where, you're, where our wealth is, you know. Um, and it's good stewardship to grow equity to not not take out more of a loan than we can handle, and to build our family's security for the future, but we have to ultimately know that that's not where our value and security is.
0: Mm-hmm. You can make a home in an apartment. You can make it. You can make a godly, Christ-centered home in a little bungalow, mm-hmm. in a big house. Um, it really is what's happening inside of it. Yeah, um, that really makes it home um edward edgar guest is a poet from i don't know from some while back and he has a poem about home and one of the lines is it takes a heap of living in a house to make a home and it's true it does that's what really makes a home it's what goes on inside of it Mm -hmm. one of the verses in scripture that rattles around in my head is um from the psalms to establish the work of our hands it's um, many, and then Proverbs 19:21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So I can have a lot of plans on how to do this, and I certainly want God to establish the work of my hands as a homemaker. And yet um, His purposes prevail. Yeah, His purposes will always prevail. Mm-hmm. God gives us the dignity and the honor of making our lives count well beyond our years on this earth. As you're saying, mm-hmm. and um, we can step into this role of making our homes, give a little hint of the eternal yeah. while understanding that mm, it's not actually right. eternal. Although some of us may have had living rooms that our parents made us think were eternal. <laughs>
1: With the plastic You're not allowed so to much. be in there. You may not step foot. This is going to be eternally. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever have white anything. no carpets no sofa nothing white this sofa shall be
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's right no 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 into eternity so so you had this interesting question bonnie i guess we should wrap up with that um about losing a home
1: well right i'm wondering in our series here is there a place of talking about home um the loss of a home why do we feel that so traumatically because you see when there's a tornado or a act of God or a house fire even. Um,
0: or even like David's parents moving from his childhood home when we were in our yeah. 30s. It was so sad Why for Why is that
1: traumatic for people and, and invokes such a response? I mean, yes, you've lost your stuff financially, I suppose, if it's a disaster sort of thing. But the news comes, and that's what you want to fixate on is, oh, my goodness, these people have lost their home. It's like you can't look away. Like yeah. that's the worst that we can imagine. Yeah. and. Why is that? And, and I, should that be? If that's our, if what we've just talked about here is that it's all temporary and it's a Christian home and it's not ours anyway, should that be our reaction? I don't know. I,
0: I don't have a, I really don't have an answer for that. But I do have a person who comes to mind. I have a friend who lost her home in a house fire. I would love to see if she'll come on, come on and mm. and do an interview with us because she would she would have some real reflections on what that meant for them and their four boys um when that happened it, i mean it was yeah it was in a blink of an eye
1: oh yeah well, i've i've got friends who this is tornado alley now here yeah. in tennessee and we know people who all they had left was what they grabbed and went with them into the bathtub
0: yeah you know and and that's it uh huh
1: and it, it, because
0: i think we're made to create order and have dominion on the earth from the beginning. And you are, you're, we've just said in here, you're supposed to create order. You're Mm -hmm. supposed to make things better than you found it. And you, you do, you collect little artifacts that remind you of seasons of your life Mm -hmm. and all the precious things that your kids have brought home or that, you know, piece of Pottery from your grandma
1: right oh that door frame with all the heights that were marked what if that got burned up in a fire yeah yeah it's just it's just
0: it it is because you know it it really goes to our humanity like we're not just spiritual beings we're actual flesh fleshy Mm -hmm. humans and we wear stuff and we collect stuff and it's usually the bane of our existence in america Mm -hmm. but it also probably has this spiritual component to it that I hadn't really thought about. Yeah. Leave it to you to ask the hard question. Maybe we'll, we'll You're dig into a that. Such a good questioner. Bit, I, don't I don't know. I would love to dig into that. I'll, we'll see. I'll make a phone call and see if we can do that.
1: Well, uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on this so far in our series on home. We'll have all the information on our website at justaskyourmom.com. And please rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you listen to us and share with your friends. Yeah, and send us
0: your topic suggestions to podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just Ask, Ask Your, your Mom. Mom.